I can honestly say that I know of no greater mother in the world than my wife. She is an incredible, incredible mother. And she's coming to minister on this Mother's Day today. Would you make the First Lady of the Grace Place welcome today as she comes to minister the Word. Happy Mama's Day. I'm not just going to celebrate uh, motherhood today, but I also want to just celebrate being a woman. I love being a woman. <laughs> just as much as some of you men out there are glad you're not a woman. <laughs> but it's kind of tough being a woman. We're a complicated species. Have you ever noticed how dramatic women are? Where there are women, there's drama. Listen to the definition of drama. Extreme, theatrical, often excessive, emotional performances or reactions. I gave this definition to my husband and asked him if it sounded like a woman. He was too scared to even answer me. <laughs> I just don't know what makes you think women are dramatic. <laughs> I just don't know what makes you think women are dramatic. You get it? <laughs> it's tough being a woman because we're expected to be beautiful at all times, even when there's humidity in the air. <laughs> Some of you ladies even get up early in the morning before your husbands do and put your makeup on before they even get up. I know you do because some of you have told me you do. It's tough being a woman because we set the tone for the household. And so our attitude is supposed to be or needs to be positive and upbeat. No pressure here, right? There once was a woman who woke up every morning and looked in the mirror and noticed that she had only three hairs on her head. Well, she said, I think I'll braid my hair today. So she did, and she had a wonderful day. The next morning, she woke up, and she looked in the mirror, and she saw that she only had two hairs on her head. Hmm, she said, I think I'll part my hair down the middle today. So she did, and she had a great day. The next day, she woke up and looked in the mirror, and she noticed that she had only one hair on her head. So she said, well, today I think I'll wear my hair in a ponytail. So she did, and she had a wonderful day. So you already guessed it. The next morning, she woke up and she looked in the mirror, and there was not one single hair on the top of her head. Yay! She exclaimed, I don't have to fix my hair today. <laughs> it's tough being a woman when our attitude is expected to remain positive and upbeat in everything. 
It's tough being a woman because we're expected to be uh, courageous and charming and sexy and glamorous and smart. And on top of all that, we're expected to be submissive. Let's face it, women, we have an enormous role to play. Great expectations are on us, not just as, not just as mothers, but as women. Just a few days ago, um, after women's prayer on Tuesday morning, one of my dear, dear friends came to me and put her arms around me and hugged me, and she said these words. She said, I believe God has put us together for such a time as this. Those words have just stuck in my head and played over and over like a broken record for the last several days. Number one, I'm glad that she's uh, part of my life because I treasure her friendship. But secondly, I can't help but wonder, what does it mean for such a time as this? What does God have planned for us right now in this season? I'm, I'm really excited in my spirit because I'm thinking that God has something awesome in this next season of the grace place. But there are different kinds of seasons, and I want to talk to you about some of those seasons and some of the seasons of a woman's life. <clears throat> There's seasons that we talk about when we talk about the seasons of nature. There's spring. Spring turns to summer, and summer turns to fall, and fall turns to winter. In Genesis 8 and 22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So we know there's those kinds of seasons that the, that the Lord put in place for the world. And then there's also the physical seasons that we go through. This body's not the same as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. I don't Zumba anymore. <laughs> Never did. <laughs> but in Job 5 and 26, it says, You shall come to your grave in ripe old age like a sheaf gathering up its season. There's seasons even in our age, in our physical body. The four, uh, the four physical seasons actually go like this. Young. The, the one, that season, the young people, those are the ones that think they're never going to get old. That's the first season. The second season is old. That's when you feel old. The third season is older. That's when you begin to say, I'm too old for that. And then the, the fourth season is the oldest. And that means you don't have to say it anymore. Everyone knows it. Okay, so there's seasons of nature, and there's the seasons of the physical body. And then thirdly, there's the seasons of life that we go through. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the seasons of life. I'm going to spend a little time here today. Now, I'm primarily talking to the women, but men, you need to listen up because you have to deal with us ladies as we go through all these seasons. I'm looking back over my life, and I'm, I'm remembering many different seasons of my life. And 
Ladies, I, I have actually wanted to talk to you about this for quite a while, so I'm glad that I, I actually get this opportunity to talk to you about it because I think it's important for us to know that there are seasons of life that we go through and, and they're hard to deal with and sometimes we don't understand that they are only a season. But each of these seasons, when I look back, I, I re realized that they were for that time and that moment that God placed me in. Now, I look back and I think about the early years of our marriage. Uh, and I was a young pastor's wife with a small congregation. And we were struggling to grow and to see progress. And I was heavily involved in, um, in the church. I was teaching a class and I was playing the piano. Uh, but I had also just had my first child. And I remember feeling really frustrated and guilty. And I saw all the ministry needs of the people around me, and yet all I really wanted to do was just hide away with my newborn and nest. I just wanted to get away from everything and everybody. I wanted to heap all my attention and all my nurturing upon my baby and not think about anything else. I remember thinking, just make the world go away and let me just retreat with my baby. Now, some of you mamas out there might understand that. Some of you may not understand it because some of you may be feeling just the opposite. You adore that new life that God has given you, but staying home and changing diapers and round-the-clock feedings is just not where you saw your life at. After all, there's a lot of career challenges out there ahead of you, and, and actually you're probably in your mind saying, get me out of this house now. I promise you that one day you're going to look back on this season of your life and you're gonna, it's suddenly going to become clear just how short that season is. The fact is, is that no, no woman is called to do all things at all times. There are seasons of your calling. Seasons are God's idea. They are an integral part of God's program for the earth and for us. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. In Esther 4 and 14, it says, And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time or such a season as this. We know that God has set up seasons. He says in Ecclesiastes that there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. It seems like that God in his wisdom punctuated all of life with seasons. As surely as seasons direct the course of nature, they direct the course of our lives too. Understanding and accepting that can bring great contentment. If you refuse to understand it, ladies, it will be, bring a lot of discontentment to your life. 
If we cooperate with the seasons of life, we can experience great productivity and great fruitfulness. Paul said in Philippians 4 and 11, he says, For whatever state, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I think you could also read that, I have learned in whatever season I am to be content. Because our seasons change from moment to moment. Some of you need to hear that word today. If you struggle constantly against the seasons of your life, you're going to be anxious and you're going to be frustrated. But God has you in the season that you're in right now for this moment for a purpose, for such a time as this. You may not understand what it's all about right now, but I promise you that God has you placed right where you're at for a particular reason. You may not like this season you're in right now, but I'm anxious to tell you and let you know that it's only a season. We need to always remember that he has us here for such a time as this. I remember uh, a few years ago right here in this church that um, uh, a young lady came and talked to me and she said, you know, I, I used to sing on the worship team and I really miss that and I really want to sing on the worship team. And I really want, you know, I feel I love that. I love doing that and that's what I want to do. And she said, but I don't know what to do about my four kids. And I remember telling her, this may not be your season for singing on the worship team. Now, does that mean that she will never be able to use her gifts or her talents again? No. That just means that God has her in this season right now for this purpose, and that purpose is her children. So our seasons change. We have to carefully weigh out the timing and the calling of God to know when your season is at hand. Carefully weigh out, carefully pray about the things that God's uh, that, that you have put in your heart or the dreams that you have put in your heart. Make sure they're the right time and the right season for those callings. Because it's not only just as important to be obedient to the calling of your heart, but it's also just as important to, to know the right timing and to be obedient to the right timing for those seasons of your life. Soon the years of your struggling to build your home to build your career and your ministry, are going to give way to a quiet knowing that God is in control. He's in control of the seasons. And then the season of quiet knowing that God is in control will bring you into a season of wisdom and patience. And then when you get through that season, it's uh, the years uh, that bring serenity and experienced trust that you have learned to experience and trust God. Every season from youth to old age has its own responsibilities and its own rewards. Primary responsibilities change with every season that you go through. New opportunities become available with new seasons. If you're sensitive to the varying responsibilities of every season, you can reap great rewards. But if you're the whole time you're in this season, if you are bitter that you're here, if you're mad at God for placing you here, if you are the whole time wishing you were somewhere else and wishing you were in a different place, wishing you were doing a different thing, then God can't use that season of your life, and you will not become fruitful in that season. I went from that season uh, of uh, our early years into the season of small children. 
Ladies, if you have children at home, realize this, that it's only for a short season. And responsibilities attended to well, if you do a good job when your children are little, they will be, bring forth a lot of fruit and a great harvest for you. But if you don't tend to those responsibilities, if you neglect this season of your life, you can produce problems that you're going to have to contend with on down the road. So take care of that season of, the, of life that you're in. Um, I was thinking about it while I was preparing this week, and, and I'm, I want to use this as an example uh, of my, my own daughter. I remember watching her go through some seasons in her life that were uh, very dramatic to her. Um, she married at the age of 21. This began a new season for her. And for 10 years, she and her husband, Sean, were heavily involved in ministry. And they were extremely busy in training young people and teaching Bible school and uh, all the things that went along with that. They ran for 24 hours straight. They were just, I mean, they were just on the go, on the go, on the go all the time. But suddenly, God decided to change her season. And uh, she, for the first time in 10 years, became pregnant with their first child. And everything came to a screeching halt. Uh, she had never in her entire life, including the time that she grew up at home, she had never spent this much time at home. And she was about to go nuts. She found herself longing for that busy life that she had of ministry instead of staying at home 24-7 with a new baby. It took a little bit of time. But eventually, I heard my daughter say, what if Eliana is the only great thing that I ever do in my life? If that's true, I had better do it well. So ladies, if you're in that period of your life, do I believe that that's the only great thing Krista's ever going to do in her life? No, of course not. But God has brought her to the realization that this is a season of her life for such a time as this. Does that mean her busy days of ministry are gone for good? No, it just means that this is a season. And the other things God has put on hold for a season. I've spent a lot of time uh, with your youth pastor's wife, Priscilla. And she's a special, special girl. And, um, but because of spending time with her, Priscilla shared with me a lot of dreams and a lot of hopes that she's had for her life. And um, as a young girl... Priscilla dreamed of, of traveling, she dreamed of missions, and she dreamed of living abroad. Um, she dreamed of working with missionaries. She dreamed of, of capturing um, uh, photography, photography through, uh, uh, or images rather, through a, a photographer's lens. She wanted to do photography with missionaries. She had a lot of dreams as she was a young person of, of what she wanted to do with her life. Some of those dreams have become reality, but some of them haven't. And for, for Priscilla, some of these um, may never come true. Uh, and she has come to mourn those dreams and put them to rest with the confidence that God has complete control of her life and her destiny. But the others are still there. They're still tucked away in her heart. And she's not going to let go of those because God hasn't told her she needed to. But she's still looking forward to a time and another season 
when God will give her another season of her life where she can see some of those dreams come true. Now, ladies, I want to tell you that a lot of times, just like Priscilla did, there will be times when you will have to put some of those dreams to rest and realize that they just weren't God's will for your life. I remember I had, from ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a court reporter. I knew y'all were going to laugh. I tried to be a nurse, but I couldn't. The doctor kept having to say, Don, sit down and put your head between your knees. Because <laughs> I didn't have the stomach for that. But I, as far as I can, long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a court reporter. And every time something would come up, I'd be, honey, honey, I just want to go to school. I want to be a court reporter. I love getting jury duty. Everybody else hates jury duty. I love it. Because I, it's just something fascinating to me about court and attorneys and all of those things. And I always wanted to be a court reporter. Well, there came a time, and I'm really embarrassed to tell you, but it was only about 10 years ago that I finally laid that dream to rest and finally said, okay, I guess that's not God's will and God's plan for me, and I laid it to rest. I'm telling you, there's going to be certain seasons of your life, and there's going to be certain dreams that you have. Some of them you can put in the back of your heart, you can put in the back of your mind, and trust God that he will bring those things to pass when the season is right. But there's also things that you're going to have to realize that God will have to, you know, I, I don't understand really why does he put th dreams in our heart uh, just to take them away and, and to, for us to realize they're not for us. But when I was thinking about that, even this morning as I was going back over my notes, I was thinking, you know, sometimes God may do that just to see if we're going to be obedient. Just to see if we're going to be obedient. We need to follow uh, the dreams that God has for us. And if he's placed them in your heart, and if they're God-given dreams, then he will create the season for them to come to pass in your life. My advice to all young mothers with a heart uh, and dreams in your mind, in the back of your mind, while you're in this season of your life and you haven't been able to fulfill these dreams, just begin to prepare for those seasons that are ahead. Whether it be saving money, whether it be studying, whatever it might be, that God uh, would allow you to prepare for the seasons that are ahead. Well, for me, after those small child years came the teenage years. And this was um, a rude awakening because our home became totally different. I remember when my children were little, we went through this phase where we entertained in our house a lot. We had a lot of company. And we even at one time, it was my goal to have every single person that goes to my church in my home for supper at some point. And maybe it would be in a big group or maybe it would be individually, but I wanted everybody to be in my house. Well, I'm telling you, when my kids became teenagers, that just went, that was not the right season for that. I'll tell you that. But the season that came, I mean, my kids became teenagers and my home was turned into Grand Central Station. Um, tacos and hamburgers and chicken strips and, and lots of cookies and gallons of milk and sodas. These were the foods of choice at that time. It was a season of making memories, and um, we still share a lot of memories with a large circle of these kids who are now grown-up adults. Uh, I have never one time regretted uh, one good night's sleep or one night that I stayed up all night typing my daughter's friend's term papers, you know. Uh, I've never one time regretted those years that I had a living room full of kids sprawled out on the floor watching movies or just 
talking and laughing and having fun. It was a short season. It's never to be recaptured, but I'm sure glad I didn't miss it. Each season that you're in, enjoy that season that God has you in at that time. Then comes the em empty nest season. And I have to say that I've also survived that season of life. It was a tough one. After having dozens of teens in my home at any given time, my home suddenly went silent. <coughs> this was my season to feel sorry for myself. Anybody had a season like that? Y'all are lying. <coughs> it was a season that I suddenly felt useless and unneeded. I didn't like my life much. I wish now, looking back, that I had embraced this season a little quicker than I did. But finally, I found that my life was full again. Uh, it was a different, it was different kind of full. It was different things than I had, it had been before. I once again dove into ministry like I never had before. I found new opportunities. I even loved ministry more than I ever had. And I actually began to dream again. I actually let God begin to put dreams and give me new dreams. And some of them, many of them, I've already seen happen and become reality. I can honestly say that I have loved this season of life as just as much as any season I have walked through. And the reason why is because I feel like that now I'm able to look back and see some harvest. I'm able to see some of the fruit of our labor. I'm able to see some of the people that we have invested into and invested into their life and see how God has worked in them. I'm able to see uh, people growing and bearing fruit of their own. It's an exciting season. I'm able to see the investments that I made even in my own kids, how they've come back around and the kids have paid in dividends all the things that I invested in them. <coughs> I'm not going to go past the emptiness syndrome or a season because I haven't re reached that season yet. And like I said, you know, there's age seasons too. Well, I haven't got to the oldest yet. I'm just on older. And so there's still a season ahead that I know that will have to be walked through. And women, all of us walk through these seasons. If you're not a mom and if you're not a wife, there have been seasons in your life too. You can probably mark them off. It's almost like there's dividers of our, of our life that become seasons. But then I want to talk to you about one more type of season. We've talked about the, the, the nature seasons. We've talked about the physical seasons and our life seasons. But I also want to talk one more thing about the spiritual seasons of our life. Just like there are um, nature, physical, and life seasons, there's also spiritual seasons of our life. The natural seasons are a result of the yearly revolution of the earth around the sun, S-U-N. The spiritual seasons depend on how our life revolve around the sun, S-O-N. As we grow as Christians, our walk with the Lord can 
and it will feel different as we move from one spiritual season to the next. And what's really weird about it is that you will go through those seasons over and over again. You know, just like we go through spring, summer, fall, and winter over and over again, you will go through spiritual seasons over and over again. You know, he sets up seasons in every part of our life. Even your day is a season. You get up, and it's spring, and you, if everything looks bright and wonderful, and you're ready to jump in there. And then summer comes, and you're, you're working, and you're working. And then fall comes, and you begin to see a little fruit from your labor. And then winter comes, and you are dead dog tired. Even your day has a season to it. Does that make sense? Okay, well, our spiritual lives also have seasons to them. And as we grow as Christians, our walk with the Lord, it's going to look and it's going to feel a little different as we move from one spiritual season to the next. We have to stay connected to God in each one of these seasons. We have to have a close relationship with him. The first spiritual season that I'll talk about um, briefly is the spiritual spring. And I like to call that the season of hunger. And all of you probably have been there. You'll notice that see, when you're in that season, that spiritual season, that you are so hungry for God. You are, you're, it's just like, oh, God, I just want more of you. God, I just need more of you. I have more of a thirst and a more of an awareness for God, excitement of what your faith can bring. Your hunger for God will drive you to seek him. Uh, you'll be hungry for his glory. I mean, the, in the springtime, you know, it's when the weather gets nice and you want to get outside and you want to just do things. Well, in the spring of your spiritual season, you will just be hungry for God. You'll just be like, God, I want to see more of your glory. It's when God plants and germinates his word and his spirit in our hearts. It's a season of hunger. In James 5 and 7, it says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. Now, the early rain comes in the spring. So in your spiritual spring, you're hungry and thirsty for that rain to come. And then you might move into a new season the spiritual season of summer. The spiritual season of summer is a season of growth. You'll move past that season of hunger and you'll move into a season of growth. Because of that hunger, because of that season of hunger that you went through where you sought God with everything you had, now you're going to have a season of growth. And the Holy Spirit looks at that season that you went through and he says, oh, She's ready. The word has been germinated in her heart. The word has produced something in her heart. Now it's time for a season of growth. In the summer is when all the buds come out and everything begins to, you know, to get buds on them. You'll notice a passion to belong and grow and be filled with abundance and a discovery of how God can use you. You'll go from that season of of hunger for God to actually wanting to be used of God and to actually letting God use you in different areas. You'll have a, a, a 
present, you'll know and experience the presence of God all the time, and you'll have a strong desire to share your faith. It's a season of growth. Then comes the spiritual season of autumn, and that is the season of harvest. It's a time of transition, harvesting the growth of the summer, your strengths and your gifts, and using it to help others grow, to bear fruit. It's a time when you're going to be able to see fruit from your labor. You may sense a time of transition and even experience we uh, uh, weariness or weakness, but it's a, se it's a season of harvest. You've gone from the season of hunger to a season of growth, and now a season of harvest. These are all your spiritual seasons. And then comes the spiritual season of winter. And I like to describe this season as a season of rest. Sometimes during the season of winter, God will feel like he's far away. Or it will seem that you can't see or notice anything happening. Anybody been there? <coughs> I don't know why, but those are usually, this, that's the season that usually stands out to us the most. It's a season of when you just kind of feel stuck. It can be a season when your faith feels like it's dormant. Or that you need, uh, you might even need to feed off the harvest of the previous season. But you don't stop seeking God, and you don't stop praying, and you don't stop seeking after him during this season, but you do rest. You rest in the fact that you know that he's with you even though you don't feel him. It's a season of rest, the fourth spiritual season. Why is it important to notice your spiritual seasons? I think it's important because you need to know that God is at work in every single season of your life. You need to know that the Holy Spirit sets the pace and the movement from one season to the next. We, uh, what helps us feel close to God in one season won't help you feel close to God in the next. Spiritual seasons come and go and then they return again. Whatever season you find yourself in, practice patience and know that, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete that work. We're not all in the same stage of development either, uh, nor are we all destined to produce the same crop. Sometimes I might have to stay in one season longer than you will because my crop is a different crop than yours. God determines what particular season comes. Your responsibility is to tend to that season that you're in at that moment and that time. In every season, of course, storms are going to happen. You might be trucking along thinking everything's okay, but in every season there can be a cloud of life that comes and that disturbs things. And we, that's when we look back on that scripture that says, and it came to pass, and we're so thankful that it came to pass. Not, it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. The passing years and seasons that I have found or that I've walked through have taught me many lessons. And I know now that not every storm will sink my ship. Because I have the strength and the power of God in every season of life. There are treasures in every season. So whatever season of life you're in, make full use of it. Even a dormant season can become a special time for needed rest. 
Don't waste time wishing, ladies, that you were someone else or that you were doing something else or that you were somewhere else. Don't waste that time. God made you as you are, and he plans to use you as you are, living fully in the present. In the, it's the, if you will fully live in this season of your life, it's the best insurance that you have for your next season. We went, we, I mean, most of us women, we can't wait for the fruit. Lord, when are we going to see the fruit? But we have to understand there's a process. You will bring forth fruit in due season. That's the word of God. In closing today, I want to read something for you that just totally illustrates this whole message. It's called, and you might have heard it before, but it just fits really good here. It's called the parable of the pear tree. There was a man who had four sons. He wanted his sons to learn a valuable lesson, so he sent them each on a quest. In turn, they would go and observe a single pear tree. Each son traveled to the pear tree, each son in a different season. The first season traveled to see the tree in winter, the second son in spring, the third son in summer, the fourth son in fall. When they had all returned from their travels, he called them together to each describe what they had seen. The first son said the tree was ugly, bent, old, gnarled, not much use to anyone. The second son said it was covered in green buds and full of promise. The third son disagreed. He said it was full of blossoms and that smelled so sweet and looked so beautiful. The tree was the most graceful thing he had ever seen. The last son disagreed with all of them. He said it was ripe and dropping with fruit, full of life and fulfillment. The, doctor, I mean, the father then explained to his sons that they were each one right because each had witnessed only one season of the tree's life. He told them, you cannot judge a tree or a person by only one season. Not all things are possible in all seasons. Joy comes from recognizing and appreciating the challenges and opportunities in each season of life. If you give up when it's winter, you will miss the promise of spring, the beauty of your summer, and the fulfillment of your fall. Don't let the pain of one season destroy the joy of all the rest. Isn't that beautiful? I'd like to challenge each one of you to here today, ladies, Take time each day to discover how beautiful the season is that God has placed you in right now at this moment. You are special treasures of God. Each one of you as women are special treasures of God. Realize the importance of the season that you're in today and realize that God has a, a beautiful future for each one of you. God bless you.
I think that's it. There we go. Good word, amen? Not just for the ladies, not just for the mamas here today. That's a good word for all of us. And, hon, you preach 40 minutes. chance about every three years. That's because if I let her preach very often, I wouldn't get to preach. She says, honey, anybody ought to be able to get it said in 30 minutes. It took you 40, honey. It's a great day, amen? Great day. Well, this is Mother's Day. We love our mamas, don't we? Amen? Yeah. I'm a mama's boy, and I don't care if you know it. Amen. We have a gift today, not just for the mothers today, but every lady 18 years of age or older. So if you're a lady here today, you're 18 or older, we want to honor you and bless you. And uh, we want to help you with your figure today. We have a homemade cupcake for you. So So on your way out this morning, on your way out this morning, every lady, whether you're a mom or not, every lady 18 years of age or older, please, it's in a nice little box so you won't have to worry about how to get it home if it makes it home. And let me tell the kids and the dads and the husbands, it's for the ladies. Keep your cotton-picking hands off their cupcake. Amen. Everybody standing this morning, please. Pastor Steve, come and dismiss us today. difficult job in the world, the least appreciated job in the world. And Lord, we just pray, Father, for your blessing on them today and every day. And Lord, we just pray that you would give them the wisdom to mother their children. We pray, Lord, that you would give them the energy and the life to do what you have called them to do. We just pray that each and every mom in this place would have an amazing, incredible day today, and a wonderful year. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're a guest with us, don't forget to turn in your connection card at our Welcome Center. Get your cupcake. If you don't, I'm going to get it.